He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the Friday, January 26th edition of the Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. I'm here with Barry Kite, our chartered financial analyst on this Friday, which uh, will end a pretty uh, news-packed week in the market. A lot of earnings reports, a lot of economic reports, uh, elections, uh, Fed talk. You name it, we had it this past week, uh, and it continues on here today. We do have uh, a pretty quiet market. We have the Dow up 12. That is being helped by American Express, uh, which is up, uh, last time I looked, about 4%. That's a big winner in the Dow. The big loser in the Dow, Intel. Intel down uh, 10% last time I looked. NASDAQ down 64 uh, Intel is having uh, a big impact on uh, the tech sector. Uh, the uh, NASDAQ sits at 15,447. Uh, the S&P is down 7 after hitting a new all-time high yesterday. Uh, it's getting very close to 4,900, 5,000. Uh, it's come uh, pretty far here since the beginning of the year. The S&P is down 7 right now. To 4,886. Crude oil down 17 cents, but it's at 77.19. The 10 year is up three basis points to 4.18%. So, welcome to today's Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. And I'm here uh, with Barry Kite. We'll have a lot to say. Uh, I'm sure today on uh, PCE, that little-known uh, inflation gauge. It's not little-known <laughs> yeah, to the Fed, however. You're right. Yeah, get, getting more and more known over time, right? <laughs> I see Kathy Wood's fund suffers a $473 million hit from two ugly stocks. Well, I think all the stocks in her portfolio are ugly. But, you know, when... She's built her foundation on basically on Tesla uh, and uh, Coinbase. On Don't Coinbase. Coinbase. Yeah. Continue to be her three big uh, linchpins of her fund. I still say that that foundation is really, really shaky. And of course, I have to look it up. She came out with some outlandish target price for Tesla somewhere in the past year or so. I don't remember. It was a million dollars. Well, it was a million dollars for Bitcoin. I want to say it was. I want. It we'll was like it Tesla up. five thousand or Tesla fifteen hundred. I'll, I'll, I'll find. I know it was. I know it was Bitcoin a million. She, yeah, that's probably the, yeah. that's that's the one she might still have work for at some point. I don't know. The, the best way to invest in Kathy Woods is by buying Sark, which is inverse Kathy Woods, which goes the opposite direction. Uh, that Kathy Wood goes. So yeah, she you know Tesla uh, two thousand two thousand a share. Oh, by, two, two thousand a share by by twenty twenty seven. 
Okay, I wonder. If we got a few years, right? That pre-split we got three, or a post-split. We got three. Yeah, that's that's uh that, that's that's current. That's the current. That was that was just based after on. Split, okay, yeah. all right. So, what happened yesterday? <clears throat> you know, that's probably the story of the week is Tesla. Uh, even though we had a lot of big stories in the market, that's really a that's a shot over the bow. That's a big shot over the bow uh, of the EV makers. Uh, Elon Musk made some comments about how China is just going to smother that industry. Uh, And, you know, the fallout from Tesla yesterday, let me look here. I saw the the, the ancillary stocks. Fisker down 11.8%. Lucid down 10.7%. Chargepoint down 10.8%. Arrival down 9.4%. Arrivals changed their name to Departure, I think. No, I'm just kidding. Solo, down 7.4. Blink charging, gone in the blink of an eye, is 9.2%. Uh, Rivian, which, oh, we said how, we've been saying for a long time, how are they going to survive? I don't care if you like the looks of the truck or not. The car market is all about mass production. Rivian down 8.8%. Even the Chinese stocks, uh, Xping down 7.8%, uh, Ouster uh, down 7.4%, Workhorse down 72 What a wake-up call uh, yesterday for the, uh, for the EV sector. Just unbelievable. And, of course, uh, it also impacted the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ yesterday. Well, actually, the NASDAQ finished up a little bit, but uh, it... Uh, was heavily impacted by uh, by uh, Tesla. IBM and Caterpillar carried the Dow to new highs. The S&P 500 hit a new all-time high. The economy hit a new all-time high. Well, not really, but the GDP did rise 3.3%. And so it was a, a very eventful day yesterday and a big wake-up call. The other big one for me was Humana. I don't know what becomes of the U.S. healthcare providers, uh, insurers. There seems to be a, a big problem, and Humana made the comment they warned of unprecedented increases in medical costs in the sector. Unprecedented increases in medical costs. Somebody's got to pay up, something's got to give. That's not sustainable. They want me to eat sustainable uh, salmon or farm shrimp, right? They want me to drive a sustainable car, but so many things out there right now are just unsustainable. $35 trillion in debt, uh, medical costs just going through the roof right now. There's just a lot of things uh, that uh, are not sustainable. Anyways, you know Tesla's now down 27% year-to-date, Barry? 27% percent yeah it's uh certainly the you know that's one pillar or member of the magnificent seven right that i guess uh you know at least for 2024 so far i guess we'll have to refer to it as the magnificent six but yeah well tesla let's just remind ourselves that last year tesla stock was up about 96 percent yeah so not this year so far, down uh, 27% year-to-date for Mr. Elon. He's had a lot of trouble lately. 
Yeah, I mean, he's get, he gets pulled in a lot of different directions. Number one, and uh, you know, number two is the you know, it, it, it's somewhat of an. I was thinking about it, somewhat of an Apple problem too, where they don't really have that you know that next innovation. I mean, they're you know they were talking about making the the cheaper you know cheaper uh, cheaper car, which in reality their their current Model Three was really. I mean, it was sold as that uh, you know just you know when it came out you know a handful of years ago and. Uh, of course, you know, the new thing, obviously, is the Cybertruck. That's not something that's going to move, you know, the needle nah. for, uh, for for the company. I, I, I could actually be a negative just because of the uh, cost and the cost associated with developing it and, that, uh, and other things of that nature. And, you know, it's not, you know, not, not unlike Apple where, you know, it's like, you know, where's that? We, we've talked about it, not, uh, you know, in terms of a stock, where is that next, you know, innovation front, right? And, you know, I don't think it's in this, you know, current VR headset that costs, you know, three thirty five hundred bucks or whatever it is. So uh, both of those things, you know, uh, both well, of those are kind of unique uh, in that in that sense of, you know, innovative companies, but, but where's the next, right, innovation? Well, it seems like the only next they're talking about is a mass-produced uh, car with low margins, right? Which do you want to be in that business? You know, yes, take a look. The, I wouldn't want to. I don't know if I would want to be in that business. No, right? that's okay. And here, here's Elon's quote from yesterday. Our observation is generally that the Chinese car companies are the most competitive car companies in the world. So I think they will have significant success outside of China, depending on what kind of tariffs or trade barriers are established. I was going to say what what he's really lobbying for in that comment is a tariff or trade barrier. Well, he's also warning. He says, I, I think if there are not trade barriers established, they will pretty much demolish most other car companies in the world. Well, they did it to the solar industry for a long time, at least from the panel, from a panel standpoint. So, so you know that doesn't speak well for the United Auto Workers Union and getting their big pay raise and all this and that. Uh, you know, we have to compete in the world, and uh, or we have to go to some protectionism uh, to protect our industries. Core PCE inflation eases to two point. I don't know. A ribeye steak is still twenty seven dollars a no. pound at Walmart. Yeah, it depends on what Forget you're buying. The butcher right? shop. Yeah, it depends on depends on what you're buying. But uh, certainly, I mean, the first uh, what slowest PCE uh, core PCE since uh, 2021, and we can dive into the numbers when we get back. But pretty uh, pr- pretty impressive, at least from a yeah uh, Fed standpoint. The Fed should be happy. Yes, inflation is a hiss and a byword. Now. Who's coming against Iran? This is crazy. And warning them to quit attacking ships in the Red Sea. Someone's getting tough out there, and it's not the U.S. We'll be right back. Back here to the uh, second quarter of today's uh, Best Stocks Now show. Who is Iran's biggest trading partner? It's China. China is mad. They're angry. They're telling their Iranian counterparts to help end the Houthi attacks on ships in the Red Sea or risk harming business ties between the two countries. The requests were made during meetings in Beijing 
and Tehran, although the sources did not provide details on when the meet. Well, we'll see, Barry, whether those Houthi attacks uh, quiet down. We'll see what kind of clout China has. Well, they've slowed shipping here in uh, in our port. I saw where you know there's there's basically about a seven to ten day uh, delay on a few ships that were supposed to be here. I've heard a couple of them really? actually. I think were were you know at least shot at, and uh, of course you know that uh, making that extra uh, making that extra you know uh, rerouting around uh, the Horn of Africa, like I said, has uh, slowed a number of the, the the ships that were scheduled. Right to to make it here uh, at a particular time. So, well, that thing is usually filled up with all you know, at least on that. Certainly on your side of the uh, of the Wando with all three of those uh, you know three of those, those 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 three you know the monster spot where those three big ships can be in all at one time. Then we may see a may see a gap in a few of those for 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 a handful of days. Yeah, I want you to know I haven't left the port in my little fishing boat here since all this started. I don't want those hootie rebels to get any ideas. Uh, I'm going to wait till uh, now when the mahi arrive, I might have to venture out there in another couple months. Now, here's the other thing. This is some of this news just makes you so mad. Where is Europe going to get their liquid natural gas? What happened to their not, pipeline? Not from us. You see that? Yeah, not not from us. Do you see this news? I had it written right here. I got the. You know, we had good yeah. news on the PCE, but I guess maybe it's uh, maybe that. Who knows how long that news will last because of the uh, LNG export? Okay, Russia. The pipeline is gone. Right, it's bubbling into the ocean or whatever. I don't know if they capped it or what, but Germany and Europe. They depend on liquid, natural gas. And America has made some massive investments. In fact, I remember not that long ago when San Diego Gas and Electric, which is now Semper Energy, they made a huge investment in LNG, Chenier Energy, uh, which is down in Louisiana. And, of course, they're building the biggest hub in the world, and we will be a major uh, exporter of of liquid natural gas. Well, no, not so fast. Yesterday, the, administration has anything the Biden administration, in a big win for the climate change activist environmental groups, officially freezes approval of new U.S. liquid natural gas export plants. So, all those plants, I know a lot of them that are uh, underway are, are now being halted. Uh, the DA, the Department of Energy review, like any bureaucratic review, will take months and will be followed by a public comment period, which will take further time, likely beyond the November 5th election. So it's all politics. You know, he's got to appease uh, the climate change folks. And uh, for now, it's frozen. It's frozen. Frozen LNG. Frozen Nick liquid natural gas so yeah frozen investment i mean that's what who wants to make an investment where you know halfway through building that you know you're building something right it's like oh by the way the rules have changed like uh you know sorry about the billions of dollars that you've already put towards the project but let's put it on let's just put it on pause for a moment yeah so that's where we stand and i know in chicago all new building no natural gas all electric and the folks in Chicago uh, aren't happy. I see a lot of protests and showing up and 
uh, city council meetings and whatnot, people throwing things at each other. And- well, it's more expensive, number one, electricity versus uh, natural gas. And, you know, I mean, uh, the the deal is which one is you know, diver- diverse energy sources, right, whether it's electric, whether it's, you know, clean coal, whether it's, uh, you know, natural gas, nuclear uh, solar, wind, whatever, right? I mean, you 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 don't want to cut off a particular energy source that you need. And I mean, just look at Germany when you know they they had to restart. Remember, they had to start refiring uh, old coal plants that they shut down. Um, yeah. So you know, yeah. in fact, you know what some of the hottest stocks have been over the last two years: the coal stocks. Yeah. That AMR, Alpha Metallurgical, has been one of the hottest stocks in the entire market. It's tripled. What have the solar stocks done during that same period of time? Shrunk. Big time. So, you know, I run my little experiment in my own office. I have three very expensive big solar batteries uh, that I keep charged uh, with, with, with high-powered solar panels. On a cloudy day, you can just see those things, their, uh, their battery capacity just plunging. You get two or three cloudy days in a row, and guess what? You got to fall back on. You got to plug those batteries in and charge them from an electrical source, uh, so you have consistent uh, energy coming from them. Well, I think those. Pol- I think uh, yeah. For I think for future political science majors, they need to require uh, you know a handful of classes in economics. That would be nice. I think everybody should be required <laughs> to try to live off of two solar panels on their balcony for a month. <laughs> See what happens. And a little windmill. Uh, S&P's tech weighting hits its highest mark since 2000, led by Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA. S&P is now 30% tech. And that's not like, okay, you say, well, that's 150 companies, Bill. There's 500 companies in the S&P. No, that's like six or seven companies, right, that make up that 30% weighting. That's how outsized it has become. Uh, for reference, Microsoft represents 7.2% of the S&P. Uh, Apple has 7%. <laughs> right there you go. Yes, there's 15% between two companies, right? Yeah. yeah, so anyways, I mean, the reason I go back to the year 2000 is that's right before the tech crash. Yeah. And there's a graph here that they they put out showing the weighting in the S&P. The last time it got up this high, obviously, it got cut in half. It got cut to 15%. Yeah. The difference is these companies actually make money. Um, yeah. I'd like to see what the percentage of uh, these companies' earnings of the S&P 500 are as well, right? Yes. Okay, now, here's the story of today, I would say, as far as earnings go. And, you know, on the one hand, uh, I, I kind of saw this move in Intel coming maybe nine months ago, a year ago, and it just kept trickling higher. And, tri- and I just I just couldn't buy into it. I just couldn't believe it <coughs> because, you know, it's not showing up in their earnings estimates. The anticipation is there, but the earnings are not there. And that was proven out yesterday when Intel gave a major warning and the stock is getting absolutely clocked today. In other words, the anticipation, the rumors were way ahead of the actual news. We'll be right back.
This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Back here to the uh, second half of today's Best Stocks Now show. Well, the Dow's up 105. We have the biggest winner in the Dow today, Barry. That's uh, always nice. It's kind of a surprise. Yeah, not bad timing on that one. Not bad timing there. And uh, the NASDAQ it's the one is, I think it is. Yeah, it's it. And I added to it recently. The NASDAQ is down just four points uh, right now, so it's made a comeback. Small caps are up a quarter of a percent. I think... I think the lighter-than-expected inflation reports got to have somebody happy out there. I mean, it, the interesting thing is you look at that PCE numbers and you start breaking it apart. And, I mean, you know, the, the, the core number, first time under under three uh, since, uh, I mean, think, since since 2021. And you had, uh, it was 2.9. The core came in at 2.9. Of course, uh, there was 3.2 in November. Uh, consensus was 3%, so came in just under what was expected. But the, the real interesting numbers are the three-month number and the six-month number, both of them under 2%. And, you know, yeah. that's targets 2%. The three-month number, 1.52 uh, on average, and the uh, six-month number is 1.86. Wow. So, uh, like you said, it's kind of hard to, you know, when I'm at the grocery store buying, uh, you know, uh, w- w- with three boys in the house, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to see the uh, reduction in in inflation, but uh, apparently it's there. So. I'm going to get you a milk cow next Christmas. Yeah. Really, if, they'll let, if the HOA will let you keep it in the backyard. In the backyard. Right. Now. Intel. Why don't I own Intel? 42% upside potential over the next five years. That's not going to cut it. Uh, it's a sell uh, in the, uh, in the, with the best stocks now, even though it's had a good run. There's a lot of uh, anticipation and hype surrounding AI uh, in the stock. Uh, that has caused the multiple to expand in the stock because of the... If if you if you raise uh, you know your projections, uh, the stock follows. But the problem is now you've got to deliver on those projections, and they didn't deliver on the projections. Yes. It looks like the projections are out there still, an elusive target. And uh, you know Intel's going to have to start delivering uh, well, on the, those. Yeah, and the customer base and the market share has grown, right? Because people need these, you know, AI chips for uh, for data warehouses and things of that nature. The the difference is they're all being they're all being sold by Nvidia and AMD. So the uh, you know you gotta they're gonna have to break into uh, in that market. And you know, one I think two pieces of that interesting report is number one, they they normally sell to a lot of these data centers. Well. You know those sales that they they were making, or those investments that were made in those data centers, are now being tiered towards AI. And you know, in Nvidia, of course, and in an AMD to some extent, are the ones who, 
you know, are the leaders in that particular market. So they're, you know, they're actually losing sales in that space. Uh, and then second is what I think their estimates ended up being, their forward projections ended up being a billion dollars in revenue lower than uh, analyst estimates. And yeah, so, weak. You know, I mean, yeah, anytime you've, you know, you guide a billion dollars less in revenue than, uh, you know, than the street was expecting. That's a big, uh, you know, that's a big, uh, oh, and, you know, frankly, the, you know, the, the, the leadership should have, you know, maybe that's why you've got to warn along the way, right? Instead, they take some huge, you know, instead of getting it, you know, kind of death by a thousand cuts, instead, they end up being down 11% in one day. So. Yep. Okay, so that uh, is Intel, big stumble there. Uh, it's, a, it's a member of the Dow. It's down 10%, and uh, that is definitely impacting the tech sector, the chip sector. Coinbase stock gains after Oppenheimer upgrades to outperform. Well, I mean, to uh, believe in Coinbase as a big winner going forward, you have to believe in Bitcoin as a big winner going forward. And the house, the house of Kathy Wood is basically, her number one holding now is Coinbase, which uh, represents 11% of ARC. Roku, which has never made a nickel. They're, they're expected to lose $5 a share this year. Uh, that's the other linchpin of her portfolio at, at a 9% holding. Tesla became a much less percent holding. It, it was number one. Now it's down to just 8%. And uh, her fourth biggest position is Zoom Video, where all growth halted when COVID ended with Zoom. I don't understand that. Her owning Zoom as a big holding, and then she's got Square, uh, which uh, you know is the competitor to PayPal and others. Uh, it's called Block now, and then she's got CRISPR Therapeutics, which maybe someday they'll be able to take a gene out of your body, put it in a test tube, re-engineer it, put it back in your body. The last time I checked. That's about a $4 million procedure with no guarantee that it will work. So it's obviously way out there on the frontier. Then she's got Roblox. Okay, is Roblox really? I don't know. I would continue to bet against Kathy Wood uh, over at uh, ARC, and I do, with Sark. Visa slips after Q1 payment volume misses. Okay, Visa's had a pretty good run. One of the great IPOs of all time. Uh, It's down 2% today. My problem with Visa recently (coughs) has been the valuation. It's had plenty of momentum, uh, but it's way out there ahead of its growth rate. It's trading at a forward P.E. ratio that's way too rich, which... You could say that about a lot of stocks right now. They're too rich uh, with their with with their price uh, earnings multiples. American Express stock rises on strong guidance, dividend boost, and Q4 uh, EPS miss. Okay, they missed their estimates, but it's all about guidance. Actually, Intel beat their numbers, and or at least. Met yeah, their they, numbers. they beat their numbers for the quarter. It's that forward guidance that that's, they that they lowered. About. That's yeah. why in the newsletter every look at dang American Express taking off. <laughs> and that's your well. That's now I'll admit. Yeah. Now you gave it away. 
now I'll admit it because I have to uh, thump my chest on that. Look, we only own 18 or 19 stocks in each portfolio. This one is in our dividend and growth portfolio. And I'll tell you the reason why. <coughs> I think it's ranked, let's see, AXP, which is not exactly a, it's not Block, it's not PayPal. It's been around for a long time. But one of the great companies of all time. <coughs> We've got uh, a, uh, I have it as a buy in the app. It's ranked number 184. It's out a of dividend 5, payer. Yeah, it was 53 seven days ago, but here's the valuation. And remember, the Gunnerson app, the best stocks now app, is the only quant system that I know of where one half of that. Uh, equation is valuation. Valuation is absolutely critical. The valuation is, as of yesterday, before today's report, 85% upside potential. Okay, compare that with Intel. 41% upside potential makes a big difference. And, and forward guidance makes a big difference because they're in their report. They actually they actually missed uh, earnings by a penny. And uh, they missed uh, they missed revenues by 150 million, but their uh, but they boosted the strong go forward guidance. They also boosted their dividend, uh, and so like you said, so, you know stocks trade off of you know earnings expectations, and so that's uh, that's differences today. You got to you got to you know up what up over seven and a half percent. Wow! Uh, and and even after a penny miss versus look at Intel who. Actually, I think beat on the EPS number, but forward guidance, right? Completely uh, in the uh, in the opposite direction of American Express. Yep. So uh, there's your stock of the day, and it happens to be one of the anointed ones. Uh, Eighteen stocks in our in, uh, dividend portfolio, and a full and a forward PE of sixteen point seven five. By the way, yeah, so, I know uh, much more I, fairly valued than uh, you know than some of the other names out there. It, it, it's kind of been overlooked. It's not the sexiest name out there. It's not Nvidia, who, by the way, Nvidia is meeting with Taiwan Semiconductor to see what they can do. To speed up production because there's so much demand for their AI chips, they're not keeping up with the demand. And so Taiwan Semiconductor, uh, I'm sure they want to meet that uh, demand, and they're seeing what they can do. to. It's always good to have a product <coughs> to own a stock whose product is in short supply. That tells you something. Uh, the other stock I could think of like that right now would be uh, Ozempic. Uh, Wagovi, uh, Eli Lilly, and Novo Nordisk. The weight loss craze is is eating into the uh, the inventory, and it's hard to get. Anyways, that's a good situation to have if you're a company. We'll be right back. And welcome back here to the uh, final segment of today's Best Stocks Now show. Boy, i got to give a, a, a tip of the hat to the San Diego Chargers. Uh, 
I I still say that it's the Los Angeles. I haven't spoken with the San Diego the Chargers since they left Los with left San Diego for Los Angeles. That was it. Most people I know uh, in San Diego that grew up watching the Chargers and Air Coriel. I have a big poster on my uh, in my office signed uh, by Dan Fouts and Don Coriel. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was the most exciting football I ever saw. Problem is they had no defense, but who's <laughs> counting? You know, they would score 58 points a game. And, uh, you know, they almost made it. They should have made it to the Super Bowl there a couple of times. But the hire, that's the big hire there to hire uh, Harbaugh. Harbaugh, uh, yeah, who, who uh, actually what, who played quarterback at uh, at uh, in, in San Diego with the Chargers at one point. I, I, believe, I think Towards the end did. of his career. Yeah, I towards the end did. of his career, I believe <clears throat> he did. Yeah. I, I know he's a backup walking. for the Bears in, uh, in uh, the you know, the, the old 85 Bears. He was uh, pretty sure he was uh, their, their top backup and then kind of took over, I think, after Jim McMahon left and then I – it was either his last, second or last stop, I believe, in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Was, uh, was, was I think it was. That's yeah. what I remember, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, Harbaugh has been a winner. He started his coaching career after he finished coaching for the Chargers, or quarterbacking for the Chargers. He got the job at USD, which is uh, a, a, a really good college there in San Diego, private to Catholic college. And he led that team, the USD Toreros, to an undefeated season. And revitalized Stanford after that, then which is not an easy Stanford. place to recruit to because, uh, of course, you got to get in the school, right? To, to, you got to be smart recruit. and a good athlete, and that's <laughs> yes. a tough combination. You know, to, no, I'm just kidding. But anyways, uh, and then he goes to the San Francisco 49ers. Took him to the Super Bowl, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then lost to his brother in the Super Bowl to uh, to the Ravens. Yep, and then he goes uh, to Michigan, I think, from there, mm-hmm. and wins the national championship. So, hey, look, it's just unbelievable, uh, the career that the guy has had. He's been a winner. Now, the reason I bring that up, is it any different in the stock market? You take a good Cracker Jack CEO... And he's going to turn a company into a winner. That's why you have to invest in proven management, companies that have always stayed on top of the competition, uh, continue to invent, uh, continue to rethink themselves, to continue to innovate, uh, and to continue to crush their competition and to make money for, 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 uh, for their uh, investors. And it's, it's no different in the sports world than it is in the business world. Now, having said that, there's a lot of mediocre coaches out there and a lot of mediocre franchises. That vast majority of them are mediocre. (coughs) And it's the same way in the stock market. There's a vast majority of mediocre stocks and companies. Uh, We name them all the time. And, uh, you know, it's just like, eh, well, you know, the guy that runs the company, he's doing the best with what he's got. But it's not like Kimberly Clark or Colgate. Colgate's in the news today. They reported earnings. Well, you know what? I look at Colgate 10 years ago. It's the same price that it is today. And uh, so, look, every investor has its... And it's not like we quit buying toothpaste. It's just not a great stock. (laughs) There's no growth. It's a 1% grower. How are you going to get capital appreciation from a 1% percent 
grower. Uh, and so, you know, you have to narrow that list down to the vibrant, uh, you know, the, uh, the blood that's flowing, the veins that are still flowing and energetic and, uh, and full of vitality in the market instead of all of these stodgy old clogged up arteries uh, that you've got in the market. All right, now I'll be writing the newsletter. Uh, beginning after the show, actually, I start uh, uploading the new uh, graphics uh, for the week. I bring them in from the Best Stocks Now app, which shows us where the leading sectors in the market are right now, the leading asset classes, uh, the leading uh, stocks in the market right now. Uh, but really, you know, one of the big keys on Friday is is going over the earnings from this past week and seeing what impact that has on the overall earnings. If you want to break down the market in the simplest terms, it comes down to those earnings expectations. Look what happened to Intel today when they lowered their expectations. Oh, they beat their earnings. Well, there's no problem there, but it's all about what are you going to do for us in the future. And there's expectations in the market right now for earnings for the S&P 500. Well, we had a bunch of companies checking in this week. They all add up. We'll see what kind of uh, impact they had on the overall earnings. Can we justify any multiple expansion here in the market? Not really. I mean, interest rates are right around 4%, a little over 4%. So I can't see uh, expanding the multiple at all in the market. Uh, so it's really going to be really important here where those earnings come in. And, and, and future guidance for, for future and earnings future guidance. That's yeah. even more critical. Uh, so, you know, we'll have a number. How many companies have beat their earnings estimates? How many have guided higher? And what aggregate impact has that had on that number for this quarter and for this entire year? Uh, you know, there's a problem. Most people had about a 48, 4900 target price for the S&P 500. We're already there. Now what are you going to do for us? You've either got to get multiple expansion, which you could. Don't forget, I've seen the market go way beyond where it should be. It could easily go to 5500 uh, And you see the multiple go back up to 23 or I mean, That's not what Jerome Powell wants. Uh, but, you know, the market is the market, and it will do what it will do. And a lot of times it acts uh, in an irrational way, uh, and it could do that. You just have to take it a day at a time, uh, and you have to adjust accordingly. As things get more expensive, the, the, the positions that are buyable also become less and less. You have to be more selective. And we'll get Powell's thoughts next uh, next Wednesday. And oh, Powell good. and the Fed's thoughts next Wednesday. Whenever yeah. they uh, whenever they they start meeting on Tuesday, and they'll announce uh, and, and have the press conference on Wednesday next week. So. so to get two free weeks of the newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com, GundersonCapital.com. Uh, to set up an appointment with us, 855-611-BEST, 855-611-BEST. Have a great day and have a great weekend, everybody.
This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Charles Schwab. Schwab is a member of SIPC and FINRA. 